Podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. And this week's show, we're going to be looking at episode three of series nine of Doctor Who, Under the Lake. Uh, let's hope we enjoyed this more than we kind of, well, we kind of enjoyed the pre- the first two episodes, didn't we? Let's hope we, yeah. we enjoy this one a bit more. So, f- fingers crossed, eh? Mm. <laughs> I don't want to be negative for three weeks on the bounce. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. You've done it before. <laughs> I haven't done that since Torch with Miracle Day was on television. That was like four <laughs> years ago. <laughs> yes, that was the whole ten weeks. It was, yeah. Oh, God. Right, okay. Well, let's do some news first then. Um, now, the big news that was announced uh, sort of uh, just after we sort of put our last episode out, actually, was this new Doctor Who spin-off called Class, which is going to be set in uh, Cole Hill School. And basically, the sort of like the... the f- is what the official breakdown of it says. Incredible dangers are breaking through the walls of time and space, and with darkness coming, London's, London is unprotected. With all the action, heart, and adrenaline of the best... I don't know what YA fiction is. What's YA fiction? Young adult. Young... Oh, God, I hate that expression. Before, uh, Which means Buffy the Vampire Slayer the, or The Hunger Games. This is Cole Hill's school and Doctor Who like you've never seen them before. And it's just the word that young adult puts fear into me actually yeah but um it has sort of taken a bit of a bashing already and i haven't seen a single uh, you know, a single frame of um of footage because you're not gonna start to um film until next year um yes it has met with a lot of derision i think basically because of the way the bbc built it up yes yeah. as, as this I mean, yeah you if, if you're gonna keep staying oh there's a, there's an exciting announcement exciting announcement people are Starting to think, oh, what have they found? What are they doing? Who's who's yes. leaving? Who's coming back? You know, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah that's it, really. I've said it, it yeah, and then, then it just went on all day, didn't it? Basically, yeah. as, as if they suddenly couldn't find the piece of paper to make the announcement. <laughs> well, because then you go for the young adult. Uh, this basically yeah. puts me mind of that bloody um, episode of the young ones. Now, what was it? Nosing around. <laughs> You're made by young adults. Um, yeah, it's just, I think, if you're aiming for young adults, then don't put your announcement at 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. Basically. Do it during the day when... Because you're down the pub. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's where I was when it was announced, actually. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, I I think that that was it, really. I think people just put two and two together and thought, it's going to be missing episodes, or they've announced the next series of Doctor Who, and um, of course, no, it was nothing. Of, of, yeah, you know. yeah. People put two and two together and come up with BBC Three. <laughs> well, this is this is the one thing I can't um, I can't understand because apparently they're making eight forty five minute episodes of this, and I thought BBC Three had bugger all money, and I do mean bugger all money. I mean, yeah, okay, this is going to be cheap compared to Doctor Who um, to mm. make old, I would imagine. Um, well, I suspect because they already know where they're setting it. They've got one, one set. Everyone's yeah. been wearing school uniforms. Um, yeah, but um, I, I don't. I thought BBC Three was going to digital content only, but that appears. Is that am I right in thinking that's now been delayed? Isn't it? I think it has. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So this, yeah. So this is. Um, 
been brought to life by uh, someone called Patrick Ness, acclaimed, acclaimed author Patrick Ness. Um, maybe that means something to young adults, but it means means absolutely nothing to me, I'm afraid. Have you heard of Patrick H- uh, Ness before? No. I was going to say Rudolf Hess then, actually. <laughs> Yes, he was is. well. He was well known for his work. For the kids. Yeah. Well, he was. He was well known for his work with young adults. That was the Hitler Youth, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, Patrick Ness. Ever, no, forever known now as Rudolf Hess. I'm sorry. It's also a Tony's Word Association, isn't it? It's okay. It's it is actually. So you'll, you'll remember who he is. Yes. <laughs> it's not at all related to Reg Varney. No. <laughs> Uh, if, one, if you don't remember that one, folks, you have to listen back to our audio commentary for uh, the the the, uh, the Time Warrior, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Um, yes, I mean, obviously, with I mean, if it's anything like Sarah Jane Adventures, which I know was made for kids, you know, um, it, w- that was great, and I very much enjoyed watching that. So we'll see. We'll see. Will you watch this one, Paul? Um, it depends. I'll probably watch the first episode and then we'll see where it goes. See where it really. goes, yes, indeed, indeed. But I think someone, I think it was um, J.R. Southall um, from the Blue Box podcast pointed out that this is good news. It obviously means they've still got faith in the parent programme yeah. to do something like this, which I agree with. So yeah. it obviously means they do, despite there's, um, there's other rumours going around at the moment, which I'm not going to go into because it's quite clearly... Just tabloid bollocks, basically. Um, oh, so, you mean this is the replacement for next year while the Doctor Who takes a break? Yes, takes a break. Yes, yes. And they're going to be doing. Um, they're going to. What was the other thing? They're going to actually not make a, make a full series. They're just going to do a series of specials mm. uh, because Capaldi apparently wants to spend more time with his family. It's just all conjecture. Yeah, absolute conjecture and 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 bollocks at the moment. So um, we'll see. Now um, the other item of news that came, another big item of news uh, again from Big Finish. The Big Finish uh, really sort of put all the stops at the moment, aren't they? It was announced today, as, as we recall, which is um, Monday the fifth of October, is that uh, the War Doctor returns to uh, a Big Finish audio, and John Hurt is reprising his role as the Doctor. I think this is fantastic news. Yeah, these these should be pretty good. I'd have they should do. Not only that though, but um, Jacqueline Pierce is in the, in is in these stories as well. This this first box set. Ah, yes, excellent. I can't wait. <laughs> yes, if, if them two have a little bit of dialogue between them, that should be quite good. I'd have yes. Now apparently she plays a character called Time Lord Cardinal um, Olistra. An arch manipulator is waging the time war against the Daleks. Oh, come that's that's that sounds great already. That sounds... Yes. Now, the, so this um, story is called Only the Monstrous, and it will be released in December this year. And it will be followed in February uh, next year by the second volume, Infernal Devices. Mm. Mm, I think this has got to be a must, doesn't it? It is, yeah. It does tend to be... Something you have to put on the wish list, isn't it, really? Yes, I think so. I think so. So, yes, I'm very much excited by this one. Um, and this has um, drawn a lot of um, favourable responses from people. Um, I think it's sort of a case of, this is how to do an announcement, BBC. Well... You don't build to, it up, you, be... don't, you don't string people, you just say, this is it. I you don't know? know, though. No, they were tweeting for most of the morning. 
that it, something well, was going to be announced because it's big finish. You're not ex- you you sort of know what the you know it's going to be an announcement about a big finish thing. Whereas mm. BBC saying something interesting for Doctor Who fans could be anything in it terms of back catalogue being found or anything. No, I just thought I just thought this was the way to. They weren't trying to string you along or, or building your hopes up too much. It was just you know we got a big announcement coming and this was it. Brilliant, you know. Yeah. No, no fuss as such, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It was just sort of done nicely underplayed, I feel. And and what an announcement. John Hurt's coming back. So Well, I think that's probably more the thing. If you've got if you you have your announcement's gotta to, gotta to match the build up, hasn't it? Oh god, yeah. And this does. Yeah. This certainly does. This fits the bill perfectly as far as I'm concerned. So um not often I would say that Big Finish outdoes the the main show on the BBC for you know for for a you know yeah. for, for a news item and this does mm. does for me anyway does for me so um, now another item that uh, popped up today um, is the DVD release of the Underwater Menace and this has sort of passed us by we sort of, I think we missed this on a break week and then forgot to to go back go, to it go yeah. back to it yeah now obviously as you would probably all know by now the Underwater Menace has been released on the twenty sixth of this month. Um, now, the, uh, read some of the DVD um, details today. Now, apparently, it is going to be the two remastered existing episodes, um, and the other two episodes are going to be represented with restored audio and surviving stills, pretty much like they did with uh, the Web of Fear. Yeah, it seems to be almost as if like they've decided. Oh well, no one seems to have gone mad about the fact we didn't do animation for the Web of Fear. So, yeah. Um, had problems with the, yeah. This is this. This started rumours, weren't it? Because they stopped. They started to say that this was going to be animated, didn't they? They did, yeah. And then it was pulled, wasn't it? Yeah, all of a sudden to be. Yeah, yeah. Very strange. Um, So, but however, this DVD does come with special features, unlike Web of Fear and Enemy of the World, which was just a vanilla release, wasn't it? Um, So you've got a commentary for episode one, um, which is with Michael Troughton. Um, I think it was it says part two from the Ice Warriors. I don't know what that means. Uh, for episodes two and three, a commentary with actors Annika Wills, Fraser Hines, and Catherine Howe. Uh, special sound supervisor Brian Hodgson and floor assistant Quentin Mann. And then for episode four, it's archive material featuring Patrick Troughton, uh, directors Julia Smith and Hugh David, producer Innis Lloyd, and moderated and linked by Toby Haydock. And the best thing though, there's a documentary that lasts for half an hour called A Fishy Tale which the cast and crew look back at the making of the story. Um, there's the television centre of the uh, centre of the universe, part two, which is sort of like a, a tour of the BBC television centre, uh, which in the company of actors Peter Dawson, Janet Field and Mark Strickson. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's it, really. Um, well, let, this is going to be it for the time being, isn't it? Really, this, yeah, this I, is the no, last I release. This sort of puts, at least you'd have thought, the rumours to bed that... There was other stuff coming because that's really when they sort of shelved the release of this. It was sort of well, you've actually are sitting on some stuff now that hasn't been released. Why are you sitting on it? Exactly, exactly. Uh, this will now mean basically everything we know that's survived is out there. Well, I'm looking forward to it. To be honest, yeah. I mean, I know it's a fairly sort of you know poor story, you know, to you know to come out of the of all that. I think that's the thing that people are not too infused back of all the stories to be recovered or partially recovered it had to be that one from the you know from the Trouton era but I don't care for me this is new yeah 
Totally. Yeah, this is new. So looking forward to this one. Now, um, unfortunately, it's time for stats. <laughs> After all that fantastic news, we're on to stats. Um, the overnight viewing figures for Under the Lake was 3.7 million, which was the same as last week's overnights, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, it was up against the rugby, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah, and that's that's where it was going to go. Yeah, exactly. Really? Um, but it was still overall, it was a fifth for the day, and is currently forty uh, third for the week. So fifth for the day weren't bad. Sixteen point three percent share of the audience. Nah, that's that's fine. That's absolutely fine. No, no it, it was definitely put up as the sacrificial lamb again, wasn't it? Oh, god, yeah, god, yeah. Now the uh, you're, you're bound you think to- the BBC could have just had a bit more faith and put strictly up against it up against the rugby and said go on then yeah i th- i think it would have i think strictly would have performed well because it, it's got yeah. it's got a very very uh probably i don't know it's, it's got a hardcore audience pretty much like doctor who really and because you've got that that audience participation angle to it, i think it would have held yeah. its own against the rugby to be honest yeah probably would have done yeah yeah but um now the ai for under the lake uh this week is 84 which yes. is one up on last week, isn't it? So yeah. it, it's, it's average again, isn't it? Yeah, no, that's roughly any anything anything around the mid early to mid eighties is, is is typical, isn't it? Yeah, it's right. It's it's, it's a it's a good score, I feel actually. Um, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, once again, there is no um, no feedback. Whether the audience found it was fresh and new, or or any other comments oh, for that matter. What age they were? Ah, no, that's yes, of course, that's been missing so far, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe that that all sort of come towards the end, as it, as it did last year, I, f- I think, if I'm, if I'm rightly. The age groups didn't sort of get announced towards the end, because I think, I think even the news outlets were like, how can we pep this up? <laughs> how can we make this a, not, not quite so dry each week? <laughs> Something we don't care about, we just give it to you. Just give it, it we, yeah, we're like John Sadder in The Sun, we give it to you straight. <laughs> <laughs> If nobody knows what I'm talking about, there there was there was a sports reporter in the Sun, and his tagline was John Sadler gives it to you straight. What if you said that to his wife in the bedroom? <laughs> Why did I know that was in a sentence? I'll have a singular wit. <laughs> um, now the official uh, ratings for the Wish is Familiar uh, finished with an audience figure of 5.71 million viewers. Uh, which in the end made it the uh, the twenty fourth twenty fourth most watched program British television for the week, and the eighth what most watched program for the BBC for that week. Yeah, yeah. So um, unfortunately, I haven't got any iPlayer um, figures to add into that. I think even in week two, news outlets can't be bothered to bring us that either. <laughs> no, but I, I, I see I see Doctor Who dropped as compared to the other two Doctors that was going. That oh, Doctor Foster. Well, they held their reasonably held their place, but unfortunately, Doctor Who dropped. Doctor there. Who dropped. Oh dear, oh dear. Never mind, never mind. Oh well, I'm not. I'm not. I think no one's worried about it. There's been a lot of um, a lot of panic and a lot of. Well, not I say there's not a lot of panic really. It's the tabloids trying to whip up panic. Yeah. Um, completely unfounded. Completely There's obviously unfair. not enough cake and dancing. Obviously it. not. Maybe they should combine the two. Yes, actually, <laughs> strictly come baking or something. That'll 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 get the viewers in. Oh God. 
Anyway, well, that's it for the news this week. Unfortunately, we haven't got any um, any tat to bring you, um, maybe because we weren't looking for it. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> We'd lost the will to look for it after. Yes, yeah, so after last week's Missy Tat, um, yes, yes we, we sort of lost the... <laughs> We lost the will to live. So, um, yeah, that's it then. So coming up next is our review of Under the Lake. So for another week then, that was the news. Right then, everybody, it's time to review episode three of series nine of Doctor Who, Under the Lake. I want another adventure. Monsters, things blowing up. Be careful what you wish for. Underwater... In a nuclear reactor. Every time I think it's going to get more extraordinary, it surprises me. Possible, I hated it. It's astonishing. They can walk through walls. They only come out at night. They're ghosts. We are fighting an unknown homicidal force. Who the hell are you? The Doctor. And it's my turn to kick this off, isn't it? It is. It's this first part Phil, isn't it? It's what it's yes. going to be, isn't it? First part Phil. Um, well, I actually really rather enjoyed this one, to be honest. So did I. Yes, I thought this was... Uh, how can I put it? it? It's it's almost like the formula for classic Who, really, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Based fact, on... someone, so, someone asked me in work, did, mm. you, did you watch Doctor Who? Yeah. Because they hadn't watched it yet and was going to go home and watch it that evening. Yeah. So he goes, oh, was it any good? So, I went, yeah, it goes very, very much old, old school, if yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. And then they came in, they came in the next day, he goes, yep, see what you mean. Ah, well, that's all you, so have you got a convert there, Paul? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I think it, well, it was just, um, as you say, it's classic base under siege. Uh, the, it was a, the doctor was at the forefront. Of this story as well, um, which maybe I'm just sort of—I mean, I don't, can't remember much about um, series eight because I haven't sort of watched it for a long time. But um, yeah, it just seems to be the Doctor sort of drove the story this time, whereas before he seems to be uh, in some cases a bit of a, on the peripheries. Yeah, if you see if you see what I mean, because I yeah, know, well, yeah, I was actually just about to say then. Yeah, there's a lot of actual other characters in this, mm. but. They're very much peripheral to it, aren't they? Yeah, which, I, I mean, if you're going to have characters, they they, just, they should all play their part in the story, but they shouldn't overtake the main character. Um, and some cases, it, 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 you know, it works, but you don't want that every single week. And I think no. that was that was the danger that it was starting to happen because Moffat is, is so in love with the character of Clara. And I love the character of Clara as well, but sometimes she shouldn't always be the focal point. And I think this time it just seemed that the focus shifted back to the Doctor again, um, which I loved. And Capaldi just run with it, really. Yeah. I thought I thought he was utterly fantastic. Um, so you've got the base under siege, the Doctor's at the forefront, um, and also they were dropped into the mystery this time rather than, as it used to be, rather than um, they caused it to happen, if you see what I mean. Yeah. Um, it just felt old-fashioned. It felt go looking for it. Yeah, yeah. It it just felt um, classic. It just felt like classic. Who? That's that's the only way I can describe it, really. And it and it just sort of after coming off the back of the the, the first story, it it just seemed quite refreshing in in a, in a strange way, in an old-fashioned way. It felt refreshing. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm obviously a sucker for these 
for anything that's slightly classic because obviously went on about uh, Mummy on the Orient Express in the last series. Yes. Because it yes. felt like that. And yeah. I'm obviously now going to go on about this one the same way because it was very much of that style. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I just thought it was fantastic. And I thought the uh, the humour was was balanced right in this as well. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if you, you feel the same way, Paul, but I, I think sometimes with Moffat's ones, it's it's the humour's a little bit too arch. It's a little bit too knowing. Yeah. If, if do, do you know what I mean? And this just seems. Well, to... sometimes you just feel it's there for the sake of it being there. Yeah. It's sort of like Whereas I, I, everything... I can write clever lines, and I'm not, yeah. I'm not Moffat bashing here because I, I do love what he a lot of what he does, but this and it actually seemed to set up scenes to have the to run the joke rather than the the joke being an incidental bit to what's going on and just something just to break the tension for a second or whatever you do tend mm. to get with his, some of his where the actual joke becomes the main scene well, and yeah it's a like, bit, bit of the story becomes incidental well that's right because i mean if, if you take the uh well you, you didn't want to talk about it when we when we talked about this in the first episode but um the guitar playing on the yeah. tank. It was obviously thought that would make a fantastic joke. Yeah. And the whole scene was built right so it was sort of built up for that payoff. Yeah. And it didn't work for a lot of people. A lot I mean a lot of people did like it, but a lot of people didn't. And I was ones we were the ones who who didn't like it, you know. Exactly, no. 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 Just because it just was was pointless. Not necessary. Yeah, utterly pointless. So, um but I thought this time the humor was a lot more natural. If you see what I mean, um, yeah, it was all done as little asides rather than this is now going to build to a joke, and here it comes, here it comes, bang, there you go, and that, let's wait for the next one. Um, yeah. You know, Doctor Who should never be written like a Walkable Wise sketch, <laughs> if, if you see what I mean. Huh. Well, maybe it should, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> actually, I'd probably pay to watch that, actually, Walkable you know, Wise, <laughs> that's Doctor Who, but. <laughs> But no, I just, I just thought it was, um, I just thought it was fantastic. I just thought, I thought the the dialogue was great. I thought Capaldi was really channeling Tom Baker in this, and yeah. I, I just thought he was so commanding, as like Tom Baker used to be. You, you were just drawn to him, and I've been anyway since, since he took over. Um, but I, I just thought, I maybe I'm waxing far too lyrical and and, and sort of over praising this, but, but yeah, I, I, but there, there, I just there, loved there, it. It was the way, it was the way the Doctor was basically coercing everybody into doing what he wanted them to do mm. and you know set it out to make them have to make the decision that he wants them to make yeah um it's, it's like that whole thing when he says um when Cass says you know about um we should evacuate the base I've got a duty at my at my first duty is, is to look after my crew my look after my my men or me women or whatever um and he, he sort of like says well I've, I've, of course I love you all to go I'll be happy you you to go, but then he sort of said, "Well, do you want to go and not not find out what happens?" And you know, he just sort he sort of drags yeah. them back in again, doesn't he? With yeah. their with that sort of like the curiosity angle of it, um, which I loved, which I loved. It, it wasn't. It's I like how the the, the doctor sort of is taking the doctor sort of mellowed, really. Um, yeah, I mean before well, that did actually you know, get back to humor. Just the fact I just, I just did quite like the fact that they said, you know. The, if I die, then you know I am going to come back and haunt you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I also like the bit when um, when he said, like, who's in charge here? So I could ignore them. 
yeah. things like that. I just he's still got that that doctor's um, disregard for authority. Yeah, which which, um, which which I still I still love. I still love that aspect of the character. I'm, I'm glad they sort of you know sort of kept that in there. And the the other good bit as well was the cue cards as well. Yeah, um, which I thought was a, a great little. And again, it wasn't anything you expected. Again, we're going back to the humor thing again. It wasn't sort of like signposts earlier on. No, leading up to that, it was just it was just a surprise. It, it, it was wasn't just take, it? taking that he's not a socially aware yes and just running it to that level was yeah i mean like the whole thing with the sign language as well yeah he sort of tried sort of signing to cass and he was just sort of um uh no actually i, I I've, I've forgotten this has been deleted yeah. it's been replaced with semaphore so could somebody get me some flags so I, and it was dropped that was it it was just a little aside and that was that was it done um and i, I just thought it was great i thought it was absolutely great um as we're talking about the leads, what do you think of uh, Jenna Coleman this time? Um, I was okay. I think a bit more into it. I, I wasn't keen on her when she first came out. The I wasn't keen on Clara when she first came out the TARDIS when they first arrived. All right, that was that? all a bit too much. The oh, let's have an adventure. You know, it was just a bit. I don't know. Would you think this is sign? Well, we're talking about you know not being signposted later on. But do you think this is signposting to her exit? Do you think there's sort of like she's getting a bit because of that scene in the TARDIS as well, where the Doctor says, "You yeah, don't go native." Yeah, there's only you know there's only room for one of me in the TARDIS. Um, do you think this is building up to a, a, a you know a, a, a fall for Clara? She's going to bite off more than she can chew. It could be. It's, um, it's, if, I mean, if it is, it's it's a, it's a pretty strong hint if that's the way they're yeah. going. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, we, we shall see. We've we've only got. Um, Ten weeks to wait. <laughs> yeah. No, it's oh. uh, no nine weeks to wait now. Sorry, nine weeks. Well, yeah. as far as we know, we're not totally sure when she bows out, are we? Uh no. It could be before the end of the series, couldn't it? For all we know, that would make yeah. things interesting. Actually, it might. There's t- no reason. No, because isn't the actually no? I don't really go go into what that is. But there's one episode where the Mark Gatus one. What we've heard about the Mark Gatus one. Hmm. Yeah, may suggest she's not in it. That one. Yeah. Well, actually, this one even suggests that end, even, the, even the doctor might not be in it as well, which I've sort of yeah. sort of hinting at as well. So I think that this might be this this series Doctor Light episode. Yeah. Um. Mm, interesting. I, do you know what? I'm really am excited about the rest of the the stories in this series. Yeah. Because I've, I've obviously sort of been keeping tabs on sort of not only spoilers as such, but sort of like the what the feel of the episodes might be. Um, and I'm, I'm genuinely intrigued with, with, with what they're doing. I mean, I, I haven't. Is the, I've tried... Try to stay away. I've tried to avoid any of the spoilers, really. Um, other than perhaps the first couple of episodes, there was a few bits I'd heard about that. Mm. And perhaps they did spoil it for me. Um, so now I'm trying to stay away from anything and just see how it goes. Yeah, I mean that's that's probably the, the best way to play. I mean, I, I, I haven't even watched any of the because I think there's been another trailer, hasn't there, other than the next time one at the end of this. Yes, yes, there has been another trailer, and it does give a lot more away. So yeah, I, I, and I haven't, I've, I've avoided that even. So oh yeah, I, I would. Um, yes, I, I'm not going to say any more then because you haven't you haven't seen it, so I'm not I'm not going to say another word on the subject to be honest. But um, 
but yeah. Um, but anyway, going back to back to um, to, the, uh, to this story, um, I thought it was nicely atmospheric as well. I like the the whole thing of the the base swapping from day mode to night mode um, and everything like that. And I, I just like the the very simple lighting effects. So I like the um, when all the lights went out. You had the the reflection of the water coming through into the um, into the tunnels. Well, obviously, you, when you've you got didn't... the glass glass panels or something in the ceiling. Yeah. Um, you, you didn't think it was too dimly lit for an undersea base? No, actually, I think they've got the lighting right for an undersea base, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, because last we were talking about comparisons to Warriors of the Deep, weren't we? And yeah. um, No, it, this is how you do it. This is how you do an underwater base. You don't think they needed to turn on the 1,000-watt bulbs? <laughs> no, they didn't. No, no. <laughs> well, if you're going for atmosphere, that's what you do. You don't brightly <laughs> lit the... Oh, dear, no. Um but anyway, what did you think of the actual sort of the mystery itself with the with the, the you know the spaceship and the um what you know the you know the the, the symbols that the TARDIS can't translate and the TARDIS didn't want to be there either. Hmm. I uh, mean, but actually, what I like about this is a two part story is is that we're basically at the end of the first part and we're no nearer really knowing what has actually happened. No, no. There's a, there, we slightly now know why they're why they've become ghosts for one of a better word a better word yeah but for, for who's done it and for so to what purpose yeah we still don't know we and we, we all we know at the moment they they want to create more of these ghosts for as you say for what's the boost the boost the signals that's all we know at the moment and i'm glad that's all we know I mean, and what, yeah. what i actually love about this episode as well is the key certain key points in this haven't been rammed down your throat it's just been really subtle like the fact that the character, the the crew and the doctor and that couldn't be, didn't want them killed until they'd seen the the writing in the spaceship. Yeah, do you know what I t- I didn't pick up on that until the second viewing because on the first viewing, yeah. especially when it come to the um, uh, the Lund character when when they lure, yeah. l- trying to lure the ghosts, um, which I thought was straight out of Alien Three when they were trying to lure the alien into the into the um, the lead works, which you haven't seen Alien Three, have you? No. No, no, it's not, not one of the few films. I've seen. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, it was sort of directly sort of riffed off of that, um, which I've got not got a problem with. Um, most people don't want to riff on Alien Three because it's it's probably one of the worst um, Alien films made. But um, well, fair play to me if that's what they're riffing on. That's what, what it reminded me of, anyway. Um, but anyway, yeah, but that, that was the sort of first but, thing when the penny drops that oh, actually, and that's why they didn't attack the Doctor and Clara as soon as they arrived. Yes, but try to show them where the spaceship was. Yeah, and I didn't pick up it until the second viewing. So again, as you said, it wasn't rammed down your throat. You had to just yeah. not pay too much attention, but you had to go looking a bit harder. Yeah, the normal, and then, you know, and then the uh, even the thing about the fact that they could only pick up metal objects mm. was just a throwaway line from the doctor when he's explaining to the crew, and it turns around, he turns around and says, "Oh, I've only just thought of that." And it's just yeah. like everybody else would have gone, oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what I loved about it. Um, actually, talking about the metal, the picking up the metal objects, what I like when the um, the ghost of uh, Moran um, picked up the axe, and he just sort of like just, he couldn't lift it. He just went, oh, God, he sort of dropped it, was, it to the it, floor. Yeah, yeah, it was just like, <laughs> it was like he had to learn how to use his muscles again. Yeah, exactly. Because, <laughs> yeah, it didn't, it had to work out, you know, strength and weight and whatever. Yeah. 
So obviously the other part of the mystery is who's in the hibernation pod and what's happened to this other missing power cell, um, yeah. which I'm, I'm assuming is inside the hibernation, but I don't know. I really but don't but know, even but... that, it's just the pace of this this story. Mm. Without feeling massively rushed, You don't. There's, there's nothing you feel is just in there to pad or anything. And, you know, when that going for the hibernation pod, hmm. it was, you know, you just had a, a brief bit of the submarine going out there. And then the next thing, they've got it, they're standing in front of it. And that's all it needed to be. It didn't need this long CGI effect of the no. submarine or whatever, a model effect of the submarine floating around for half an hour. Sometimes getting yeah, exactly. Yeah, stories. it's true. No, do you know and, I, and, and difficulty bringing it on board or anything like no, just get it on. It's not part. It doesn't. It's not necessary to the story. It's let's no. move the story on. Yeah, exactly. And I know we we always said you know it's better to have two parts because you allow the story to breathe a bit more. You can slow things down because I think sometimes the 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 pace of a forty five minute episode is a little bit too frenetic. Yeah, sometimes um, and sometimes the the payoff you get at the end. Is just too rushed, you know. So, but with this episode, there's the first part of a two part story. The pace it just keeps going, yeah. doesn't it? There's, there's no real let up in it. And if there's any quiet scenes, it, it doesn't. It, well, to me, it didn't feel like padding. No, no. You're you're watching everything because you're trying to work out what is going on. Yeah, and you feel there are because because like other bits have have happened, and you've suddenly only realised them afterwards. You're sort of thinking to yourself, oh, what else is important? What else am I missing? Yes, exactly, exactly. So, what did you think of the um, of the ghosts, the ghost effects? Now, I thought it was really creepy. Yeah, I I really liked it. I mean, I liked the um, the, the pre credits scene. I was all, when that ended, when you got the ghost of Moran and the ghost of um, what well, says Prentice um, in in the credits, we actually know what the characters, the the other ghost, the uh, the, the uh, oh, was it the Tavolian? Yeah, is, is it? Yeah. Um, when they just sort of advance towards the screen, um, with their sort of reaching out, like as if they're trying to reach out for you, um, it just put me in mind of the pre-credits um, scenes to the Unquiet Dead, when you got the old lady coming towards the screen, sort of screaming at you. Um, yeah. Um, again, it was it's a really effective open before the credits, and I just thought it, that that that's that's all sets that's all just sort of set set it up for me. If you know, he set up that creepy atmosphere. Um, yeah, and you, and, didn't, and yeah, you didn't have and to they, wait they, for your ghost. They've been well used as well. The the what ghostly effects they've had, or you know, sort of either coming through walls or yeah. whatever. And like you say, the the picking up of the the axe and that has been really well used to make you realise no, this is not a full formed body. Yes, yes, and I like the um, the fact that they were they were talking, but you couldn't hear it. Yeah, as well as that 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 phrase that was it the dark the sword the forsaken and the temple was it was, yeah. the, was that the order? Um, yeah, I mean I, I like the fact that um, you couldn't hear what they were saying, which I thought which I thought was a really because usually they try to put some sort of ghostly effect. So I think to me the fact that they were completely silent just made them even more effective. Yeah, I have to say though it's the only thing I have to say though, that that those four words if that's to tell someone from another planet where to come that's a pretty loose description of where you are. It's really isn't it. So you're in space. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like you know, I'm in the church by the field by the tree. Yes, 
Now, now, somewhere in the world, come and find me. Meet me there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Free balloons for mum. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just, he it, it just didn't. Um, yeah, it was a bit, a, a bit vague, wasn't it? But yeah. Um, but I mean, my, my mind did wander after this. How many abandoned cities or abandoned villages are there are in the world? Well, how many underwater sort of old military um, towns are underwater in Scotland, basically? <laughs> but, but no, but not necessarily that. I and mean, it's just you know, it's a bit. Hmm. Mm, okay. Indeed, yeah. But, I, mean, I, uh, suppose, I suppose whatever's coming is tracking the signal. But if whatever's coming is tracking the signal, why do you need the dark, the sword bit? Yes, because if they can't, if they can't find the Earth without that much from their tracking, they've got no hope, surely. Well, is is this just uh, is this a um, uh, a message for uh, the, the, the whatever they're trying to talk to, or is this a me- or is it a, a clue the Doctor has set up in yeah. next week's episode? Maybe actually, no, that's, that's that's an interesting thought. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, yes. just just sort of thinking. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It could be way off the mark yes. there. But is that, is that the Doctor telling yeah. himself where to find them? Yeah. Could be because the same. We went out sort of. It sort of ended on. Um, and I was sort of skipping to the end a little bit here, but we're. we're um, it, it's that whole. I <laughs> say so with flowers in your hair. Flowers in my hair. Yes. <laughs> Let us sit upon the rug. We, we've dazed each other's hair and caught each other's sister. <laughs> He's enjoyed this episode so so much. much. <laughs> I've actually dropped out of society. <laughs> um, yeah, it's. I think sort of we're now coming up to that. It's the use of time travel again. Yeah. Um, so obviously next, it looks like next week's episode, we've got like the one sort of like the Doctor goes in the past and Clara's in the future. So um, yeah, so it's bringing that whole time travel element back into it again, which I like. And it's a whole yeah. thing, there's a proper mystery going on here. Yeah. Which I, th- I think, which I'm really and, enjoying. And, and also for what is basically a supposed to be a time travel program. There's very few stories that actually use time travel within the story. Mm. Mostly it's used just to give us a new setting for the new story. Yes, that's right. And we stay completely linear within that setting Yeah, for that story. And then he leaves to go to another time or place. Yeah, yeah that's it. So to I'm... actually jump about within a story is, is I quite good. like. I quite like as well. I yeah. quite like. So, um... But what about the rest of the... So the, you know the supporting cast, because I must admit on the on the first viewing, I couldn't honestly sort of pick single any of them out apart from the cast character. Yeah, of, you know, for you know for obvious reasons, which I'll come to in a minute. But when I watched this, oh, yeah, I, I think I think Cass and Lun work. Yes, and you sort of felt that everybody else was a bit interchangeable. Yes, there could have been really. Um, but I must admit, when I watched it a, a second time. They all just seem to click for me a bit more. Yeah, and obviously, I think next week those those other characters uh, might. Uh, sort of, was it Bennett and O'Donnell that go off with the Doctor at the end? Um, maybe their characters might build up a little bit more. That'd be their turn to their, shine. Their turn to shine. Yeah, even though I still think they had some. You know, O'Donnell had some good stuff to do, and she was like a bit of a fangirl of the, of the Doctor. It seems, um, and she had the good ideas to sort of like. Um, where, where the, the ghost had forced the, the base into night mode again, she had the quick yeah. thinking to turn it, to reprogram and bring it back to day mode. So, um, yeah, I thought I thought she was a, you know, there were some good characters, but um, I think the one thing that 
I, I really did like actually was the the, the cast character. Um, money from the point of view, it wasn't. Um, how can I kind of put it. It wasn't played upon the fact that she was deaf. No, it, it was just something that's there. I mean, yeah, she is, and she, she it's, was. It's not. It's not stopping her. So no, she was second in command of the base. Now she's in command of the base, and she just happens to be deaf. And yeah, that was it. And okay, it was um, maybe the the decision to have um, a deaf character in 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 the story was so she could read the lips of the ghost to see what the the phrase was. But it, 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 at the same time, it didn't feel forced either. No. And I just sort of thinking back, well, if you go back to say, if you had a character like that in, um, or any character with any disability, if you want, if you want to pull it like, like that um, into any TV show, say if you, like, you went back to Doctor Who in, in, in the 1980s and put in a, you know, a, a deaf character, um, it would be the focal point and it would be, Look, we've got a deaf character in our in our um, in our story, and it, it, the, the cat's be sort of quite it'll be quite patronising, and and you know, the character and, would then find itself in more peril because of because they're deaf. And, deaf. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. With this, it's just not used that way, which I think is great right. to be honest. Well, we hope and we hope that stays for the second. We haven't seen the second episode no. yet. Well, we're, and we're, now we're having praised them for this, we're now find out in the second episode. Well, we're, we're praising them for this episode, aren't we? So that's, that's all yeah. we can talk about. Yeah. And, and I do yeah. think the cast character works work really, really well. Um, so, yeah. Good on them, to be honest. Just because, actually, uh, after a while, it just wasn't. You just well, you, you just didn't, didn't really. No, you feel didn't. Really. That there was any difference in that character, so if hadn't been deaf, so no, that's right, that's right. Um, now, now, obviously, with with, with the, the lip reading scene, we had the return of the sonic sunglasses. Yes. Um, now we we were quite um, well. They, they drew our ire last time out, didn't they? Yes. We're not a fan, we're not a fan. Um but obviously they were used in this episode on a couple of occasions. Um I what did you think of their use? Um in some ways they've been well, they've been logically used as a pair of glasses would be to look at stuff. Yes. They haven't been used as a magic wand yet, have they? No. That 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 that'd be the test is is at the point where are we going to keep having? Are we going to end up with him in other situations, touching the glasses? We hear the the noise, the sonic mm. noise, and locks will open and whatever. Then I start to think, mm, maybe not. Maybe but not. As as they've been used, they've been used quite logically. Is the fact that if you want to go in, if they're all going to watch what the doc, want to see what the doctor sees, yeah, then doing it through his glasses seems to be the the sensible oh. way to do it. Yes. Yes. So I don't want to, I don't want to dwell on the, the sonic sunglasses. I think enough's been said about them, really. But I just thought this is the first time they've sort of been used in anger. Yeah. Um, okay, I know they sort of they were used at the end of last week's episode, um, but I think this is the first time where they've been used in a not as a magic wand, which they kind of were last week, to, to be yeah. perfectly honest. But um, I thought this this time though, yeah, it kind of works. It kind yeah. of works. Yeah. Well, we were sort of getting a bit fed up with the sonic screwdriver being used as a magic wand. Yeah. And and at least it had sort of a magic wand look to be swung around. The sunglasses, if they're used in that way, are going to look stupid. Really going to look stupid. Um, yeah. But until they until well, they they use them that way, perhaps we we'll hold our fire on them. Well, mate. I mean, maybe if they brought back the sonic screwdriver as like a companion piece to the sonic sunglasses. So if they just use the screwdriver just for opening doors, 
Yeah. Like it always was. It wasn't a medical device. It wasn't, it couldn't make things blow up um, as such. It was, okay, I know Pertwee did it in the Sea Devils. It was, I think yeah. it was the first used to blow things up because he set off the mines off, didn't they, with it? But but that was just getting a sonic frequency to blow yeah. things rather than actually. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, it, it was used as a as a sonic device as opposed to something that could measure everything. Where the writer has backed himself into the corner and it's right, I used a sonic screwdriver yeah. to get me out of this one. Yeah. 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 So, um, but obviously the, 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 the cliffhanger as well. Um, the doctor is now a ghost. Um, obvious? Um, in the sense that. Because if you're going to have a cliffhanger, it's got to be one of your two leads in peril, really, isn't it? Yeah. If you're, if you're going back to Doctor Who of old. But I think I, I think <laughs> there was the odd episode where they managed to throw you. But, but I think one episode finished with the master in peril. Didn't it? <laughs> I think it, that there was yeah wasn't that from uh, the demons wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was wasn't it? Um, <laughs> you just sort of oh, that's new. <laughs> and also, of course, from um, oh, was it uh, Death to the Daleks as well? The 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 the, uh, the you know the uh, <laughs> the peril bit was was the giant chessboard. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that didn't really work either. But um, yeah, so no, no one was in peril in that one. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think as as a uh, as, as a cliffhanger ending goes, I think it was really effective. Yeah, actually, you know, it's worked. It just makes you wonder now what happens and yeah, and you to see like an eyeless doctor now muttering that phrase as well. Um, I, I thought it was quite effective, to be honest. Mm. I, I liked it. I really liked it. Um, so, I mean, this is, uh, was it Toby Whithouse's first script since, uh, oh, God, Town Called Mercy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I really, so far, I'm really enjoying it. Um, and the uh, director, Daniel O'Hara, apparently this, this is his first um, Doctor Who. Um, and I, I, well, well played, sir, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, no, definitely. It hasn't been, like, like I said earlier, the, the speed at which it's going through is not so you feel it's being rushed, but also not so you're just sort of thinking to yourself, why have we just had that scene? Yes, indeed. Indeed, yeah. Everything was there for a purpose. And I think it was a yeah. very, very, um, how can you put it, economically or efficiently directed? Yeah. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, there was there was no there was no fat there, was it? It was, it was a very, no. very trim episode. I think that's why... That's what I feel anyway. I mean, I was bound to be people out there disagree, um, but which we'll come on to in a minute when we do our feedback section. But um, yeah, yeah. You, get, you get something that's well written and well directed and yeah, well acted, and you shouldn't really be able to go wrong. Nah, that's right, that's right. So, so we're saying we enjoyed it then, don't we? Yes, it gets a thumbs up from uh, from from you and me there. Um, we're agreeing again, Paul. This oh, no, this is going this is going to end badly, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> Right, so um, yes, we have got some um, some feedback again. Now, you, have you seen the feed we've got on Facebook first, Paul, on our Facebook group? I have. You have, okay. I have, I have seen them. Okay, well, uh, let's... I haven't well, got them with me at the moment. All right, okay. Well, I'll, I'll quickly um, read these uh, the Facebook feedback out first. We've got some sort of short messages here. So first one's from uh, Jeff Waddle. Um, he says, a better remake of The Satan Pit, but with a poorer cliffhanger. Um, Ian Thomas with Clean, um, he's not a fan, Paul. He's not a fan. He says, dead. Like a two-parter rolled into one, and I didn't care about anything which went on. Five out of ten. Oh, that's all. Mm. He didn't like it. Um, he says, oh, and I can't remember anything anyone said or any of their names. 
He, he just listened as Deaf Girl, Deaf Girl's Helper, Rook from Being Human, Glasses Guy, and Other Girl. And, he said, and that's my thoughts, by the way. So I'm not. Uh, so I'm not I must admit, Glasses Guy does sort of. Imagine how I feel about him as well. Yes, yes, indeed, indeed. Um, he said, I'm not always. Uh, I think it's meant to say Moni gets, but that's. Um, he said, that's my fresh. I've just come out of the episode and thoughts, uh, and for me, unfortunately, it, it was negative. So, um, as we say, it's not, you know, that's the whole point of getting the feedback. So we, want, we want everyone's varying opinions. You know, that's the whole point about this. Um, Becky Barnum writes us again. Hello, Becky. Um, she says, oh, I thought the episode looked fantastic and brought in some interesting new characters. Could really have used some Michelle Gomez. And I'm left to wonder, is someone going to be dead at the end of the first part of every two-part story? That's it, that's yeah. an interesting thought. It, the, the that main... is interesting thought, and I, and I don't think you can keep, as we're saying, it should be the main characters. I don't think you can keep doing it with them all the time. No, otherwise we're going to be in a Rory situation. <laughs> Seem to die every other episode. We could be. We could be. Um, the only thing that I'm going to disagree with you there, Becky, is um, Michelle Gomez. No, we didn't leave Michelle Gomez in this it's, one. It's, no, no, no. I no. think the I think for me the Missy character. It's taken me a while to warm to Michelle Gomez's interpretation, um, and I liked her. I liked I liked what she did in the first two parts. But I, I, for me, I don't want her every week. No. Otherwise, we're back to Roger Delgado again, aren't we? Yes, we are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and even that, as 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 great as they were, that 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 sort of got you to a bit of yeah. Mm. Yeah. And even now, the production team have said, in hindsight, the master shouldn't have been the villain in every story. Yeah, yeah. So um, now some other f- that was on our Facebook group on our Facebook page. We got a couple of, a couple of other extra short messages as well from Ben Rush. He said Peter and Jenna were on fine form. The story was very good, and the card scene made me laugh like a wee kid. I hope next week is just as strong. And uh, Andrew of uh, Volmin, um, I hope I pronounced your surname correctly there, Andrew. Please um, correct us if, if I've said that wrong. Um, she says best of the three. And I enjoyed the first two very much. Heart still thumping away and unsure I'll sleep tonight, mind. So, yes, thank you very much for that. Now, we've got one um, email uh, uh, feedback. So I've, I've, I've got the word feedback there. Um, and this is <laughs> It's such a rare word we've used. It is, isn't it? We never, just never get the feedback. I'm, I'm just so pleased people are writing to us. Um, and again, we've got another, some more feedback from um, John Michael Lindsay. Hello, John Michael. Uh, thanks for writing to us again. Uh, and John Michael writes, um, Hi, Phil. Hi, Paul. Uh, I felt I had to write a review of this episode. Uh, this has gone right back to the formula we all know, and in most cases, love. Base under siege. No Missy, no story arc, just good old-fashioned storytelling. Uh, I've enjoyed a lot of Toby Whithouse's previous work, both in Doctor Who and Torchwood, but also with being human, so I was intrigued to see how this would pan out. From the very start of the Doctor's arrival, seeing him being very concerned about the TARDIS, interacting as though it's a real person he generally cares about. Quite the opposite when Clara says, don't leave me hanging. His look of disdain at her is priceless. His first meeting with the ghosts almost felt like a nod towards Malcolm Tucker. Hello, sailors. Being his opening gambit just made me laugh. Wondering what fandom can create with that. Interesting that his initial dialogue seems to disarm them at first. Visual effects were very strong in this story too. Not just the ghosts themselves, but the imprint of the ship's words on the eye was impressive, as later explained to be leaving a mark in their memory. Another good twist is the TARDIS failing to translate both the words in the ship and the sign language, as though it wants nothing to do with this whole affair. The psychic paper harking back to the old unit days was a nice moment of nostalgia too. 
Uh, a lot of humour also seems to be injected into this episode. Things that spring to mind are the prompt cars for very difficult situations, the Shirley Bassey comment, and the line about Peter Andre's mysterious girl, enough to drive anyone up the wall. I'm wondering about the use of the cloister bell. Was it a warning to the Doctor, or was it, or, or was what was coming to him? It all seemed, it all remains to be seen, but I certainly have high hopes for next week's conclusion. All the best, John Michael. Yeah. Th- thank you very much. Thanks very much, everybody. I, yeah, for... I think pretty much agreeing with us that one. Yes, I think so. I think so. So, um, yes. So, I mean, please, everybody, we, we've we've enjoyed receiving your feedback. Uh, we really have. Um, I know we've never really sort of um, courted feedback really in the past, um, but I thought on this occasion, we, you know, we, we, we should do. Um, and we've been really pleased that people started writing to us. So please, everybody... Keep it up. We'd love to hear from you. Um, so uh, if you've got any thoughts on um, next week's episode, uh, Before the Flood, or if you've got any thoughts about... <laughs> before it's aired. Before it's aired, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yes, or if you've got any thoughts about um, the previous episodes as well, please write to us uh, by email if you want to at Podcast at yahoo.co.uk or if you're a member of our uh, Facebook group, you can leave uh, your feedback on there. You can send us uh, messages on Twitter if you follow us um, at uh, who's underscore he underscore podcast. Um, or if you're on Facebook, just find our Facebook page and you can leave us feedback on there as well. So uh, thanks very much, everybody. So um, next week then, before the flood. Yes. 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 Looking forward to looking forward really, to it. Yeah. Really yeah. looking forward to this. Yes. Now, um, that episode, like this week, will be out next Thursday. Okay, so because I'm away this, away. this weekend, yes, I'm not good. Yes, and you're, yeah, rather, rather appropriately, I'm ghost hunting. Whoa, there we go, there we go. That is rather appropriate, actually. Well done. Yes. <laughs> Did you plan I that? Was, I, I, I've waited long and hard for <laughs> the appropriate time, and then. Oh dear! Well, well, good luck with that, sir. Good luck with that. Um, oh, right. Yes. So. Um, yeah, so obviously I'm I'm not going to be able to see this, and because I'm away uh, next weekend, so I'm not actually going to um, see the episode at least until Monday, I don't think. So um, so it's a late recording, and I will ask for people's feedback um, after the episode is aired on on Saturday. But of course, I'm not going to read any of it beforehand. I'm going to stay off right off social media till I get home on Monday because um, I don't want it spoilt for me. So, ladies and gentlemen, you can all say what you like about him for two <laughs> days. No, I want non-spoilery feedback is what I want. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So, no, I should just stay away from it. So, please, everyone, if you want to send in some feedback, just send what you like. Send what you like. So, there we go. So, um, that just about wraps up this episode, doesn't it? I think it does. I think it does. I think it does. So, uh, we'll be back next Thursday then with our review of Before the Flood. So until then, it's goodbye from me, Phil. And goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. to the Who's He podcast. Please visit our website at who's-he-podcast.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter 
at who's underscore he underscore podcast. And please also join the Who's He Podcast Facebook group. The Who's He Podcast is a member of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance. Thank you.